Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who were obviously mentally ill. Oh, this is going to go downhill real quick. What is going on and welcome to Take On The World with Johnny and Mike D. We have no millennial, no resident millennial, no uh, podcast Back therapy sure. dog, therapy dog. Eh, I'm sure. You know, well, Coco's down there. here someplace. Coco came down to the, the cave and and now she's gone. Coco in the cave. She said, too much testosterone down there. <laughs> too much man-eating loney. <laughs> Slapping against the ground. So, uh, we're sitting here in the Take on the World studio, enjoying... Tell me something about that beer. Oh, uh, it's a Double Nickel Brewery Company from Dirty Jersey. And it's called uh, Dumpster Fire 2020. And, um... It tastes like chocolate. It does have a little chocolate flavor to it. Chocolate and cayenne peppers. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. That sums up 2020. Can's pretty cool, so it's going on the shelf at some point. That's really the only reason I bought it. Can look cool. (laughs) I like the can. I like the colors on the can. Uh, So, we've got a pretty interesting episode, I think, today. Um, Well, you went very specific when we talked about this, and you went to talk one specific part of this and and yeah i think i've been off more than i can chew here i uh i like going a little broader a little more broad so uh john's gonna handle the specific part of this and uh i'm gonna throw some facts and figures and trivia at you all right yeah so uh we've got today uh actually you know what before we get started on that uh Is there any trending news? Anything happened this week? Worth knowing about? <laughs> yeah. Anything uh, good? Yeah, the with, with the stock market thing with 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 uh, GameStop. Oh yeah, millennials are uh, basically bankrupting all the, all the hedge, uh, funds. hedge funds. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a thing and that um, it was on Preston and Steve, the Philly station. Somehow we get all the way the fuck out here, and. Um, they were talking, and they had this guy call, call in, and he was talking about how he was buying all these stocks and trading, and he's like, yeah, I made like $20,000 in one day. And the guys are like, I don't understand how it works. Like the radio host. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, he's like, I know it's boring. He's like, but just, uh, he's like, go on that Robin Hood app, and, and, and that's, what, that's what I did. And the guys are like, yeah, we'll just, it's so boring and tedious, and, you know, they didn't understand, like, the, how to... <laughs> How to make money off of it, but... And because the hedge funds got beat up, uh, the government wants to do investigations. Uh, yeah, well, just bail them out. We'll all be good. Yeah, yeah just send them a check. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, oh, that's what I wanted to say. He said that, uh, he's like, I don't give a shit who I, who I hurt. He's like, I just want to make money. I don't give a crap about anybody. <laughs> so, Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I can let you, that's how they feel. They don't give a shit. Then they started playing shit from, uh, Trading places, and um, 
with. You remember that movie? Oh yeah, I love that yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> that's a great movie. Although uh, Jamie I Lee bet Curtis, you one dollar. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis does show her titties in that one. Yes, she does. And uh, they were nice. I think they almost get they're all but shown in True Lies too. Yeah, when she did that, yeah, uh, the striptease. The striptease. You think Arnie had a boner during that filming scene? I don't know. Love, I didn't take so much testosterone that I didn't have a hard on. I actually just saw, <laughs> you know, uh, Gabriel Iglesias? Yeah. Fluffy? He was doing a thing on the first time he met Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. And uh, he said he was so excited to meet him. And, and apparently he, Arnold's got a handler that when he's in groups like that, because he's, he's they said he's the best person at meeting people. Okay. He'll like shake their head. How are you? How are you doing? Oh my God. How was your grip? Blah, 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 blah. And then the guy will squeeze the back of his arm to let him know it's time to move on to the next person. Oh, Jesus Christ. Otherwise, he'd stand there and talk to him all day. <laughs> so then he, he would just say, Excuse me. And he'd go do the next one. Blah, 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 blah. I don't throw a good Arnold for him there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, he got the uh, fluffy. He did the whole thing. He goes, Oh, you're that guy. The, the guy that tells that joke. I really like you. And. I have to get your contact information, and the guy squeezes his arm, and everybody's like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute. Yeah. He said, he's like he, he's like the roller coaster of meeting people. You want to get in line and, and meet him all over again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that video of him? He was, um, I guess, he was in some gym and he was promoting something, and somebody came up and did like a Gabriel Iglesias one. No, uh, I don't think he's ever uh, seen this type of gym. No, a, a gymnasium, like a, a oh, basketball gym. Oh. I don't even think you've seen the inside of it. <laughs> uh, was, no, it was Arnie. And he's, like, congratulating, like, some, like, special ed kids or something where they were at. And, they're, and uh, some dude comes out of nowhere, just runs at him, and just dive bombs him and drop kicks him. And he, like, it knocks him back a little bit, and he's still, and he doesn't fall over. He holds his composure, but, his, you know, his bodyguard just pounce on the dude and beat the piss out of him. But... You know, he was just shrugging it off. Like, oh, yeah, I'm 87 years old. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Try as you might. You never take me out. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, I like Arnie. I am the Germanator. Oh. Oh. He's not a tumor. He's <clears throat> not a tumor. That was a good one. Right. So, without further ado, do-do. A do wop pop Uh, we're gonna go back a little bit in history, and we're gonna talk about some snipers. Specifically one I had in mind during the American Civil War. Most people would just say Civil War, but if you're from the U.S., you would just say Civil War, but like, which one? That's like if you go to Brazil, do they have Brazil nuts, or do they just have nuts? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> when you wish a uh, a Brit a happy Fourth of July, <laughs> yay, bud! I actually, you know, it's funny. I just watched uh, the Great Escape, one of, one of the best movies of all time. <clears throat> Steve, a good movie. Steve yeah. McQueen's in it. I love it. And uh, I forgot about this. They were making uh, moonshine to celebrate the Fourth of July, but in the in the camp, there's only three Americans. All the rest of them were British pilots. <laughs> <laughs> so they all had a kick out of it. It was, it was fun uh, time. I never knew that. And that movie was based on a true story. Yes, it was. But anyway, back to... Uh... Yeah, okay, so... 
This is about a guy named Jack Henson. So, uh, what? Did they say what year that was? I have it. In my research. Maybe, you know what? I, I went a very different direction than you, <clears throat> of course. And, and that's what makes it interesting because we don't yeah. just re research the same exact thing. And Right. I really don't research anything. I just go from memory, which is shoddy at best. Now, I I watched a few uh, YouTube videos. I love that one where he did nothing but talk about everything other than the topic he I, said. I, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's either doing a podcast or a radio show. I don't have it down here. I, I <clears throat> Wait, what's that right there? Hold on. This is all stuff that is... You went way off topic here. Not, not off topic. You went way down the rabbit hole. I, well, that's what happens. I, I, <sighs> See, that's what I said. I think I bought a bit off more than I could chew. Because you were like, is there enough to cover a whole episode with this guy? I'm like, Pfft. yeah. We just talk about fart and piss jokes for like another 45 minutes <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> well, there was, there was some stuff that I found out that you, you said you didn't know. and Yeah. And, and uh, Now, all this shit, all this stuff that I researched... I don't have a year. Oh, all the um, it was probably about what was the American Civil War? It was seventeen seventy-seven. No, it was uh eighteen sixty-two, fifty, fifty-nine, fifty-nine and a half to twenty twenty-four. Let me get his wiki up here. So, anyways, um, we'll come back to that. But uh, eighteen sixty one was the when he was started. Uh, I guess that was that's his page. This is when they voted for secession from the union. Okay, so all right, so so in that era. Okay, so eighteen eighteen sixties eighteen. We'll go with eighteen sixty. No. It would have to be 1861 or 1862. Wow. His house was burned down in 1862. Yeah. See, this is what I was talking about. Like, they're not very specific on his timeline. But needless to say, he's... 1863 is when his sons were... When was his house burned down? It says 1862. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let... Let me tell the story. Okay. And you don't want to ask the question, man. You ask the question before we start giving all the details away. All right. So uh, we'll go we'll say like 1968. For those of you who want to fact check, just go 1968? right 1968? <laughs> yeah, it was right in the... <laughs> Why don't we just go with 1862? 18... 18... <laughs> uh, 1862. So uh, fact check away, folks. This is our podcast. We can make up whatever the fuck dates we want. Oh, you were talking about the, the, <clears throat> the video that I saw. The guy who, he was either doing a radio show or a, a podcast, and it was about Jack Henson, and I listened to 20 minutes of it. He didn't mention Jack Henson once. Yeah, I know. I was saying, listen to the same one. It was pissing me off. Apparently, he wrote the book on his whole life, but he doesn't even mention him in the whole book at all. <laughs> Where the hell is Jack Henson? What? Why the hell am I here? So anyways, back on topic. Jack Henson. 1862, he is a well-to-do tobacco farmer in 
Tennessee lives on a farm called Bubbling Springs. Anybody's gonna fuck my sister, it's gonna be me! <laughs> and, uh, he was, uh, you know, he wasn't for the war, he wasn't against the war, he did own slaves, and he was against secession. Is what say that right? Success? Secession. Secession. And, um, a sex the, session. <laughs> a sex change. He was against sex change. And, uh, God, I just thought of that fucking. I'm, I'm not for that sex session. <laughs> I had a good sex session with my wife last night. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, she's a freaking dick. <laughs> when the tobacco farms are knocking, rocking don't come a knocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! When the barn boards are squeaking, don't come a sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <sighs> hey, there's a Jack. There's a batch of my uh, tobacco leaves that had this white substance all over. What's that all about? Um, uh, it's VD infused. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he chopped it up and snorted it. <laughs> Got syphilis. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get through this. Poor, poor, poor Jack Henson. Oh, I got God. a lot of stuff to cover here, so you better All start right, talking. So, well, my story is pretty short. I... Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> so he's a well-to-do tobacco farmer. He owns some slaves, and he's got three sons. And that's where they specific. He's got a daughter. He has like eight kids. Yeah, he's got a bunch of kids. He's married with a wife. And... You know, he doesn't want anything to do with the war. He's not, he's too old to be a soldier. He's too old to, to fight for either side. And, and he also said he didn't want any of his sons to right. get involved in it. Now, they did say one of his sons did join the Confederates. Yes. But I think it was after the incident. <clears throat> so, the incident Mike is referring to were, um, at the time, there were these, um, basically, mercenaries going around. Guerrilla fighters. Guerrilla fighters fighting for the Confederates, and they were called the Bushwhackers. And, uh, you know, they would conduct guerrilla warfare on the Union soldiers. And, you know, ambushes. Ambushes, just totally fucking them up. So they were basically told, to kill, if you catch them, kill them on sight. So one day, uh, Jack Henson's sons, one was 16 and the other one was 20. They went out hunting early in the morning and a bunch of Union soldiers, I think it was, they were a mounted, uh, a mounted uh, brigade. They weren't horses. Uh, they weren't horses. It was like the the, the the fifth cavalry or something like that. I think it was okay. called. And um, <clears throat> they captured the two kids, and they executed them on site. Marched back to Bubbling Springs. Hold on. Whoa. They cut off their heads. Oh, I was just about to say that. But they cut off their heads when it, where they executed them. They only took their heads back to Bubbling Springs. Oh, okay. So they cut off their heads. Took them back to the bubbling springs and mounted them on the fence post right in front of the house for the whole Henson family to see. With no trial, no nothing. No trial, not a nothing. Just Daddy Henson and oh, could you imagine that? No. So and he kept his cool. That right then, like he didn't he didn't flip out. He didn't go running after yeah. him. He kept his uh, cool. That would have been certain death if he did. Well, he he started planning and plotting. Right there. This is this is revenge at its best. Let yeah. me tell you. And what, what's that old saying? Revenge is best served with a big on a cold day. No. no. Revenge is a sweet dish. Best when served cold. 
No, I've never heard of that. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Let, let me look it up for you. Let me fact check. I'll put it on the big screen for you. <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> you, It's one of my favorite so things. You, so. you wanted to argue with me that Wes Craven did not direct his own movies. His own oh, remakes. Yeah. Hold it. I didn't. I did not know he, he directed the remakes. I knew he did the originals. Well, uh, like literally, like ten minutes after I was done watching the movies, and now he didn't. <laughs> I love you, Mike, but this this just goes to show you that you're the typical, well, not typical, atypical. You don't fucking trust anyone until you find out for yourself. I, I really don't. Which is is good, but then you know you could take it too far. See, and and supposedly this this was actually never a thing. <clears throat> well, anyways, this, this is our podcast, so I say whatever the hell I want. There it is. Revenge is a dish. I just said that. No, you said on a cold plate. Whatever. <laughs> make you make me play the tape back. <laughs> but there's so many versions of this that there could be a cold plate version. Like seriously, there's so many versions of that. Because it was never actually spoken. Revenge is a cold plate full of hot pockets. <laughs> See here, Reve- revenge is very good eating cold. I'll agree with that. No, revenge is a dish which people of taste prefer to eat cold. Okay, anybody who says it like that should just be shot in the face. Uh, let me guess. That was Don Corleone. Wow. He probably said it way better than Revenge that. Revenge is a dish that tastes best when it's cold. I gotta take a poop. <laughs> Revenge is best when you give a, somebody a swirly in a poop-filled toilet. <laughs> Took you so far off, man. But uh, I just want to point out, in no place was there a cold dish. No or cold plate. No, no cold dish in Tennessee bubbling springs. Anyway, so these motherfuckers mounted his kids' decapitated heads on his fucking fence, and it's not said what really he transpired after that. Like, did they get into an argument or fight? Did they just be like, "Fuck these," and left them there? So, I, 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 from the one, the one thing that I saw that he just. <clears throat> Let him go. Just, just fucking grit his teeth and yep. Just squint his eyes and have multiple strokes inside. Probably. Yeah. <clears throat> so he buries his kids and he contacts. I don't know who the fuck it was. He contacts some gun manufacturer. I guess like a, a custom make, uh, custom gun maker. <clears throat> yeah. The one, but the one thing that I listened to said the name of the place and I don't remember what it was. And the only reason they believed that it was that person who made that gun. Was because the uh, uh, his initials were on it. Okay. His manufacturing. Yeah. So he took. Um, it was basically a copy of the Whitworth rifle, which was renowned for the accuracy. Like there was two really good rifles, and they used them both in the Union and Confederate side, and multiple English battles. And now, uh, were, we, were these rifles, or were they smooth for? No, they were. They were actually called rifled muskets. Okay. So. They had rifle barrels, okay. and they were, uh, I want to say probably like the one, the first of their kind. But they were made in England, and the Whitworth was could outperform the Enfield rifle. The Enfield took over, 
I guess, was another rendition, probably cheaper to make. And that was actually the one I was trying to buy. But, um... You want to touch mine? You have one? Your, your rifle? Yeah. I'll touch your <laughs> rifle. <laughs> touch your old cold rifle. You pig. <laughs> uh, you got my you got my juices flowing there. I was like, hell yeah. Well, I don't know why. That musket just, like, sings to me. That's like 1200 bucks. They keep every time I go on the website, they're not available. Anywho, um, so it, it, the Whitworth rifle was renowned to like be able to to shoot very accurately out to two thousand yards. I don't know how far two thousand yards is, but that sounds very fucking far. It's like what two, three football fields, something like that. Two thousand, actually half a mile. Oh, <clears throat> two, three football fields, you say? Yeah. A football field is 100 yards. Oh, shit. So that's like 200 football fields? That doesn't sound right. I, I think you might be a little bit off on the distance there. I, I just read the facts, ma'am. <clears throat> anyway, so it's a lot further than me or Mike could ever fucking hit or hope to hit. Uh, so he contacted this... Uh, gunsmith and he made him this custom made one off rendition of the Whitworth and it had two triggers no that's an older Enfield that's like a Mark IV the, oh, I was talking about the uh, that's a Mark one. 1853 Enfield that's not what I have I have one of these oh shit those are fucking you can't really get those anymore might want to hang on to that one it might not be that exact one, but that I, yeah, I, I might have been Mark IV. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, where the hell was it? Back that gravy train right back up. Here we go. So, other than the Enfield rifle, was only accurate out to fourteen hundred yards. <laughs> really? Yes. That that doesn't seem right. No. I didn't write it. Here we go. So we got a fact check in the house here. Twelve hundred fifty yards. All right, so I was pretty close. You're close. That's so further than we can fucking ever shoot. I know I shot that far. (laughs) Not accurately. (laughs) Not accurately. (laughs) I don't know where the bullet went. (laughs) I'm sure the bullet traveled that far. So he acquires this fifty caliber, fifty caliber uh, rifle. I would assume he had, he had a, a, this rifle custom made from the ground up. Yeah, the thing's a beast. It's still actually. Uh, it's a beautiful gun. Yeah, it's the, the one of his family members still has it. I think I, I'm going to try to get that pic. I have that picture. I downloaded it, so I'm going to flash it up. Yeah. Like we're going to try and buy the rifle tonight <laughs> on an auction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, the guy said that people ask him all the time. That thing's priceless. What's this rifle worth? And he goes, well, what, what do you price it against? Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing in the world like it. Yeah. There's no other rifle. This is the only one of its kind. Maybe uh, Julia Roberts' vagina. <laughs> that skinny need to eat a sandwich. <laughs> if you're listening, Julia, I love you. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, dude man gets his rifle. All right. It's got two triggers on it. 
Uh, one's just a regular trigger, and then the, the one behind it is like a hair trigger. So that's for more accurate shots, which I'm sure he was probably using. So he goes on a vengeance kill, and he starts attacking specifically the people who was in, were involved with his son's death. Right. Like they're killing. And he went I think he, he went after the them. officers first. I think he successfully killed both of them, specifically the one that cut their heads off first. <coughs> and he basically you know, snipes them out at like half a fucking mile, retreats back in the woods, and you know, he successfully gets away and they they're they're none the wiser. They don't know what the hell's going yeah, on. No no nobody knew it was him, nobody <clears throat> knew anything. Um and I believe his family is still living at Bubbling Springs at yes, this time. At that time, they were still living there. So he he continues on his killing spree of targeting. Uh, they said it was, it was most. <coughs> God damn it! Hold on. Well, let me just throw this in. Before all this happened, he he was neutral, but he went to both sides and gave both sides information. He didn't want he didn't want any part of the war. But to keep everybody off his back, he'd feed these guys a little something. Yeah, they did say that the, uh, the union was very suspicious of him. Well, they, when these killings started happening, yeah, somebody put two and two together, and they yeah. thought, hey, this, this dude's got something to do with it. Right, God damn it, Don Henson's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> so he continues on his killing spree, and I don't know how many officers he <clears throat> killed in this meantime, but I guess word got around, and they, like you said, Mike, they put two and two together, and I, they said that a uh, a local doctor actually, you know, gave him the the heads up, like, "Yo, this fucking posse's out to come and get you." So he takes his family, he moves them forty miles west. Hold on, he did something else when he did that. He freed all his slaves. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. He freed all his slaves. Because yes, there was some kind of law that if he came under suspicion of something and uh, they came to they, they they arrested him, his slaves become property of the military or oh, something. Oh shit! I did not know that. And, they just said that they freed his but, slaves because, or he freed his slaves because the Emancipation Proclamation was like they made it seem like it was like two months out, and he's like, "Ah, fuck it, whatever." Well, he freed them so that they they would they couldn't be taken captive then. Okay, that they wouldn't okay. suffer for his crimes. Good on him. Good on him. So now they Bubbling they stayed it. They stayed at Bubbling Springs. Yeah. Yes, they did. White Claw Springs, I think it was called. <laughs> White Claw Springs. <laughs> uh, which I don't know if we should. Now, well, we'll touch on that. The second part of that in a little bit. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll get there, Michael. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. No, we won't. Hang on. <laughs> Put your notes away. Put them away. So I'm waiting. He moves his family, frees his slaves, moves his family out to Western Tennessee. And this his daughter dies on the way there. Yes, and they I don't know if it's cholera or attributed it to that she would having to move. She wouldn't have died had they not have had to go on this road trip and and, and, and had to move. Right. So now um, three of his kids are gone because of this. Yeah. So this guy is just probably all fucked up in the head, deranged. Like you know, wants nothing more to do than just start murdering Union officers. So he moves his family out there, and he comes back. And what I understand, he basically like lived in a fucking cave. Yes. On what was that river? It was the Tennessee River. Chattahoochee. 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 Chattahoochee River. But basically, it was like right where the river had funneled down into a bottleneck. 
and he could easily target uh, Mariner. Mariner, help me out here. Not Marines. The sailor, like, yeah, like Navy, the Navy naval officers. They call them. They call them maritime <laughs> something. There, he could. He, okay, can I let me let me jump jump in here? So from this cave, you could see down to the river, and. <clears throat> He lived in a van down by the river. In a van down by the river. <laughs> it was one off sniper rifle. So there was an island in the river at this point. So the water would have to go around the island. And obviously, because the water was sm put into smaller channels, it ran faster. Yeah. So going down river, it would take you minutes to get past <clears> this <throat> island. But when the, the paddle boats, the river boats would go up river, it would take them 45 minutes to an hour to pass this point in the river. Yeah. So. He would perch himself above the river and just continuously shoot officers on the deck of these ships. Yep. So it, they were they might have been mariners. They said it was both. It was like a whole bunch but, of like whoever they, he they could were, get. It was an officer. They were transporting. Yeah. No, this troops, uh, this river was strategic for the supply, yes. resupply, yes. troops, and that's why they sent they sent Grant, U.S. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant down there to secure this part of the river. Yeah. And there were some battles before that. And that they had lost and won, but basically that was that was their lifeblood was this freaking river. I'm trying to find the river's name here. Keep going. I'm, I'm looking for the river's name. I'm just gonna blurt it out right while. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna find it. So basically, he continues to to have his way with you know impunity, and they can't find this guy. And they sent out basically like special forces to hunt him down. They sent the dog after this dude. And he he just evaded them and was never caught. Then they went to his house, and this is the fucked up part that uh, that pissed me off. Not only was he a slave owner, but the Union troops went back to his his farm, Bubbling Springs, and the freed slaves that were there were pleading with him not to not to burn down the the, the farm. Yeah. And they burnt the farm down to the ground because he had basically turned everything there over to them. Yeah. So, they had nothing to do with it, you know, recently freed, and they burned their fucking shit down, all, all the stuff that they had worked for. And Okay, so th this is, this this river name is very hard to pronounce. It's the Tennessee River. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I was close. I was close with Chattahoochee. <laughs> I think I did say Tennessee, though. I just want to say Chattahoochee. I, I, took, a, I took a guess. Because there's hoochies in it. The hoochie. It's actually a song. Name that song with the Chattahoochee River. I used to have a sticker on my... I took it to Saipan with us. It was on my cup. It was a guy was on a... It was Alan Jackson. Okay, what was the name of the song? It was... Uh, I think it's called the Chattahoochee. <clears throat> Why do you make me keep looking stuff up? I don't know. You're distracting me. So he... Now this is this is where I get confused. This man has been attributed from anywhere between thirty six to one hundred and thirty kills. He notched in the in the uh, buttstock of his rifle thirty six notches, and that's where he stopped. But they said he killed. Uh, what was one report was fifty officers, eighty officers. Then I heard one hundred and thirty. What, what did you come up with? The thirty six notches. Were thirty six confirmed downed, yeah, officers. 
after that, he he didn't he didn't mark anybody that he just wounded, and he didn't know the outcome. If they fell down and their head was laying open, yeah, they were dead. So he marked down the ones that. It's just a lot of the snipers that we'll, we'll go over later. Uh, their confirmed kill list is much lower than what you'd think. Right, but still, I mean, thirty-six. That's and to think back then, where you really didn't have, he didn't have a horse, he didn't have any kind of transportation. He's just, you know, evading them. Now he was taking shots six hundred, nine hundred yards. Yeah, but still, when you when they sent the posse out after him, they're sending like the elite guys well, out. I know. I'm just saying, this is groups of people from this from he's he's on a standstill on a hill overlooking a moving target at six to nine hundred yards and and. Yeah, that's out. fucking impressive. So you did that long ago with just iron sights? You have iron sights, and it's not smoothbore, but it's not much better. Oh, well, no, they said this gun was pretty fucking accurate. For its time. Mm. I I would bet that it could probably fucking shoot the, the nuts off a of fucking lid. Tap nuts. You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I never fact check it. I never turned one over to look at it. Oh, <laughs> uh, you never squash when you hear my nuts. You got my nuts. I'm not watching my balls right in the nuggies. Um, so where were we? They burned down his farm. Yep. And he just goes on to continue to kill until the war is over, and he he hears about it, and that's it. The war's over. He kind of goes back to his normal life, just laying low. <laughs> That's pretty like uneventful. He does he does meet back up with his his uh, wife, but I think they said he opened up a merchant mercantile store, but it was nothing like he was before. He wasn't. I don't think he was very rich after that. I mean, well, I don't think he would really care about anything after half your fucking kids were murdered, and um. But I think he ended up moving out west to where his wife was. But he did keep low because there were still Union soldiers around who would probably have, you know, killed him had they caught him. Yeah. Because he was a pretty prolific sniper. I mean, he killed, confirmed, 36 officers. And by that time, they knew who he was. Yeah, and, and he disrupted their, their chain <laughs> of supply big time. And he was a very wanted man. And just the, the fact that he was never caught. And he was, they said he was 60, 60 years old. Like, I can't even get out of bed half the time in the morning. And I'm, I'm like <laughs> 37. This guy's double my age and he's out in the freaking wilderness and up in caves and, you know, sleeping next to cougars and shit and biting the penises off of rattlesnakes. And... Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then he just fades off, and then they ended up giving his uh, rifle to some general, and then it worked its way down into one of his family members. You can still see it to this day. They do like, uh, there's a couple of YouTube videos that, that it's like, you know, perched up on a thing where you can see. It. I don't think you can go up and touch it, but. Yeah, I would like to see some closer pictures of it. Yeah. Even the camera people were kind of kept away from the gun. Yeah. This little weird. It, it, and if you have a chance to go on YouTube and, and look them up, uh, one of the talks that was, was held at a historical society, uh, I, I found it pretty interesting. Yeah. 
it was. But now we had this conversation about this, and and I said, you know, I have questions. Of course you do, because that's what I do. But yeah, it's just it's not a long story, Jack Hinson, but it is. I found that interesting. It was interesting. What's the first that made me interested in it? As I read this uh, article that said the most deadly sniper in the world, and it was like, what from the Civil War? Like, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I, I thought there was just like a couple lucky dudes that made a long <laughs> shot. You know. Well, I thought being a sniper was a more modern warfare thing. Yeah. And so that's what I started looking up, and uh, one of the questions I had was, if you ask the question, who was the first sniper in the world, you'll find there's no standard answer to that. No. There's no, uh, because there's, a lot depends on uh, what your definition of a sniper is. Um, from some of the definitions I saw, it says most will say that the job of a sniper is a soldier whose job is to kill specific targets or high-value targets from a hidden position. Yep. Um, and then someone expand on that saying it, it they, with a rifled gun. So uh, to those people who say that it's a rifled gun, which would uh, make it a sniper, it would lead you to Thomas Plunkett. Well, I got to take a big Plunkett. He's an Irish-born British soldier during the Napoleonic Wars, who in 1807, at Buenos Aires, took out 20 Spanish soldiers from a rooftop. Buenos Aires? Buenos Aires. What is Buenos? Buenos. Buenos. <laughs> it's like bonus nachos. <laughs> bonus. I love bonus nachos. Yeah, I love when you get more nachos than you <laughs> It's like the bonus fries at the bottom of the bag. So he was on a rooftop, uh, and, and he was sniping people when musket fire was the norm. Not necessarily rifle barreled weapons. So they probably weren't even looking up in that. Like, like we, we were talking before, like, a lot of soldiers would think you're a coward who were conducting guerrilla warfare. Because yeah. that wasn't gentleman, genuinely. Yeah, it wasn't a, a gentlemanly way to conduct war. Like, you had to stand, like, uh. You had to stand in a row and, and, you fire, then I'll fire. Right. Or like a duel where you, you know, uh, turn back to back, take 10 paces, turn around and, you know, you each fired each other. Yeah. Because you looked at my woman the wrong way. <laughs> so, uh, there was also a Tim Murphy who once lived in Shemokin Flats, which is now Sunbury, PA. Get the Sunbury fuck County, out of here. Right really? up the road. Yep. I went to school in Sunbury. Really? Yeah. For, for uh, After I graduated, there was a, I took an electronics class up there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Fucking beautiful out there. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah it's in the middle of nowhere. That's coal mine. Yeah. Uh, on June 29th, 1777, he killed Sir Francis Clark from 300 yards. The next day, he killed General Simon Fraser from also about 300 yards, and that was during the Revolutionary War. Good on him. So, if you drop the rifle barrel restriction and you allow for smoothbore guns, you can go as far back as the the Chinese soldiers in the 1200s, or the Muslim or Mongolian soldiers in the 1300s. Wait, what's the sniping rolls? What? This sounds good. Sniping rolls? Yeah. It's written there, like spring rolls. 
You're talking about Mongolians and Chinese, and you had sniping rolls? <laughs> no, sniping, sniping roll. The roll of a sniper. You're, you're thinking pastries. <laughs> yeah. You fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you could go back to the Europeans, uh, 1400s. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these Spanish dudes. Yeah. Our Arquibuceres. Arquibuceres. Yeah. Uh, who performed sniping roles in their, with their early guns? Boustiers? Yeah. Boustiers? Boustiers. Big old titties. Now, yeah. if you remove the gun restriction, if you say you can use anything like spears, slings, bows, bat ladles. Yes. Whatever that is. Wayne, I bought you a gun rack. A gun rack? I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns. <laughs> It would necessitate a rack. Is that Wayne's world? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, some would say you go back to the Revolutionary War, the where the the term came from. <clears throat> uh, it was a young boy who would a young hide. lad, a young lad, would hide and find officers to shoot as they came by. The British called him sharpshooter as a compliment. But uh, eventually in history, he was recognized as the world's first sniper. Don't know if that's the case. But the argument could be made that David, who faced Goliath, was the first sniper. As his single precision shot to the head killed, <laughs> killed the threat and avoided a much larger conflict. <clears throat> I think you might be taking that one a little bit. I'm far. just saying. <laughs> but you know, we were talking... Uh, like, I would consider an archer who was a precision long-distance archer a Listen, sniper. I, I don't want to toot my own horn or nothing here, but... Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyways. You know, with my bow, I was able to hit... No, I'm not saying... 60 yards is a far shot with a bow, but I was hitting swinging milk jugs at 60 yards, like, consistently. I don't know if I was on fire that day or what, but damn, it felt fucking good. Have you ever Robin Hooded an arrow? I have not. No, I happen to know a young lad who lives in his house that is my son. That is impressive. And he has the arrows upstairs. He shot one arrow. The other arrow skimmed down the side of that one and was right next to it. And the third arrow went from, uh, from knock to tip. The, no, other the closest I've come was just sk skimming another arrow, but I've never. All three hours were, br were brand new, brand new crossbow hours were ruined. Yeah, oh, so I was so impressed with it, though. I was so yeah. impressed with it. <clears throat> yeah, that's. Uh, I can't imagine that happens often. So then, I, I went on to ask myself, you know, you know, weapon-wise, what do they use for sniper rifles? And then I, I wanted to know what was the first United States military. Sniper rifle. When I say that, I mean the, the the rifle that was built to be a sniper rifle from the ground up. So I was I was looking and, and it seemed like every sniper rifle that I found out there was a rifle that was repurposed from another purpose. So the, like you had a hunting rifle, or they had a hunting rifle and they, they augmented it somehow to make it more accurate, uh, better optics, or it took a Garand and yes. put a scope on it. Yeah, and but we made the tolerances tighter. I did find that there was a rifle that they consider a uh, sniper firing system. 
that was built from the ground up specifically to be used as a sniper rifle, and that was the M110. Now, that shocked me. I thought that there would be custom-making sniper rifles, like maybe World War II. Well, they might have been individuals. I'm, I'm talking about like a military standard rifle. Yeah, I know. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that I thought that would have happened earlier. Yeah, I, I thought it would have too, because this is like Afghanistan era. <clears throat> like yeah. this is more Because I've seen videos where they have, you know, they basically have like gunsmiths. Your job in the military is a gunsmith. And you custom make this fucking gun for a sniper. What they what they were doing is using other chassis and building on top of it to make a sniper rifle. Yeah, changing out barrels, changing out this or that. I also watched a uh, a, a thing on on uh, rifles, Shit. and someone made it was a polygonal barrel. That's the Whitworth rifle. Polygonal inside and out. That's the Whitworth rifle. Okay. That's the one that Jack Hinson's gun was modeled after. So that the ammunition <clears throat> matched the barrel shape on the inside. I thought the first polygonal rifling was in a Glock. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't like. I don't know guns like that. I know I like shooting guns. I like owning guns. I have guns. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know ins and outs of guns like that. Yeah. Basically, instead of the rifling being circular, like. Like that, it's more sharp angle, which increases the pressure of the round. Some say it makes it more accurate. Some say it, it's more stress on the barrel, less stress. The arguments are, you know, tons of arguments about it. But yeah, that's the Whitworth rifle. It was a, and that's what they said made it so accurate. Right. I have a, um, where, who was the last one you left off with? The M110. So, okay, uh, I thought you were naming the first U.S. sniper. No, no, sniper rifle. Not the Got first it. U.S. sniper. But, I haven't gotten down to them yet. I'm, I'm, like, I wanted to know what the longest kill shot was ever made. What did you come up with that one? Let me see if I can find it. That was that freaking Canadian guy. Yes. The First Nation Canadian. Oh, no shit. Yes. Wow. Failed to mention that. Oh, it's just like insanely long. It's like... 3,500 3, <laughs> meters. Half? It's yeah. over a mile and a half. That's 2.19 miles. Jesus Christ. The previous record was a mile and a half. Oh, okay. 2.19 miles. Didn't they say that the bullet took... Like ten seconds to get there. Was that the one in Afghanistan? I don't know, man. That's Where, insane. They said they said he missed his first shot. It took six seconds for the bullet to travel, and then he, he shot again, and the second shot killed killed the target. Hey Ali, did you hear that? What was that? <laughs> uh, now the longest shot ever made on record. Not a military shot, not a kill shot. The longest shot on record was this Paul Phillips. And he had a, a competition shooting team. Although there's no competition he, that, that would cover <clears throat> the shot that he made. Hmm. It was a four-mile shot. Jesus Christ. Four miles. Now, when you're shooting that far, 
for everybody who has any amount of intelligence knows the earth is round <clears throat> and you have the Coriolis effect which would be the earth's rotation effect on moving objects mm-hmm. so you have to take that into account along with everything else yeah it's fucking crazy imagine the weather changes the temperature changes over four miles that you have the to wind shifts the wind shifts what do you think's the longest cum shot ever got to be peter north <laughs> my vote's on peter north oh. he could probably shoot it like six foot i don't think he's still active though is he i don't know fact check me michael i'm not fact checking that <laughs> what's the longest gum shot ever <laughs> and is he a sniper <laughs> he's a sniper i see him shoot a couple of girls in the eyes <laughs> the uh this, they were using a .416 Barnett rifle. Barrett. There's no N in there. I can't. It looks like an N from here. Barrett. These glasses. But you know what? I found a mistake. I think it was Wikipedia. Shocker. They said that Carlos Hathcock <clears throat> used a 50 caliber sniper rifle. And I call bullshit. I don't think he did. Yeah, Vietnam. Oh, the white, white feather. White feather. White feather. I do not think that he used a fifty caliber. I think he used a three hundred eight. In fact, I think it was like a Winchester seventy. No, I'm a Remington seventy or something. So it might have been thirty out six. I'm gonna go with thirty out six. That sounds right for that era. Yeah, but they clean. They they. Maybe he did use a fifty caliber one, but they said that was his main weapon. No. Well, here's the Whitworth rifle one you talked mm-hmm. about before. They they say that was the world's first sniper <clears> rifle <throat> designed in 1854. Yeah. And they didn't make too many of them because they were very expensive. Yeah, you can still get them today. They're like fifteen hundred bucks. But they were very expensive for their time then. Yeah. Huh. They're fifteen hundred bucks now. They're probably like fifty cents back then. We talked about like the the history of the word sniper. Uh, the word. You ever take a sniper shit. Fucking, you take a good rock and shit, and you look down in the bowl, and nothing's in there. What do they call it? A ninja shit. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> or how about when you fucking shit and you wipe your ass, and there's there's nothing on the on the toilet paper? Like, yes, yeah, score! I'll put that one back. <laughs> <laughs> On the roll. <laughs> so the word sniper was first used in English language to describe sharpshooting by British soldiers occupying India in 18th century. It was adapted from the act of hunting snipes. What the fuck is a snipe? It is a species of game bird with an erratic flight pattern. Oh, I think I know somebody like that. Probably like a, a dove. <laughs> A retarded pigeon. You got a bunch of those at work. So, uh, like I said, the term sharpshooter is a translation from the German term Strafschutzer. 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 It was adapted Ooh, around I don't, the same I don't time. See the, I don't see the commonality there. <laughs> so, this is just a cool sniper story here.
So they, they say that, you know. Oh, I remember seeing that on TV. Yeah. So that uh, snipers don't always just kill people. Sometimes they save them. In 1993. This guy's fucking heart rate must have been through the fucking roof. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish the story. So he was uh, this doggy was sitting on a lawn chair with a handgun threatening to commit suicide uh, if the police got too close. The police slipped him a shaken can of beer that made him change his posture. And then the SWAT officer, uh, Michael Plum, shot the gun out of his hand. And I actually saw a picture of this, of the guy now. He's older. But he has, like, the award he got afterwards behind it. And the broken gun. No, that's broke cool. a revolver under in, in a frame underneath. That's cool. Yeah. So after they shot the gun out, they they dogpiled him and saved him. Oh, this one, this one was cool. Did you see? Did I tell you about this one? Uh, no. This guy had the. This is a, a British Royal Marines, two thousand three. Uh, they were in the desert, so it was hot. It was extremely windy. He had to shoot. 56 feet off from where he, he the target was visually. And he made the kill shot. That's fucking sick. 56 feet. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. It wasn't even in the scope. There was another one I saw. It was an American uh, sniper uh, who shot through a concrete wall. Yeah, I thought he read that one too. And he killed two insurgents. Three. Three total. Yeah. He killed one with the bullet and two with shrapnel from the wall. That's fucking awesome. I want to meet him. What's this? Uh... No, listen. I just want to put this out there before you mention this next one. Okay. There are so many fucking Soviet snipers. Oh, yeah. From World War II. Like, it's like the end of... And they all have like 600, 5,453 kills. It, uh, it's like, is that even possible? Well, there was 2,000... Female snipers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the Red Army. Yeah. During the Cold War. Huddle up with some of them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not now, of course. They're kind of crap. Little babushka ladies. <laughs> yeah, you want a gum job, shunny? Yeah, oh. fuck it. I'll take one. I, I can't pronounce her name. Pavlichenko. Pavlichenko. Actually, I did pretty good with that. You did. Uh, She was... She joined the army when women were not yet accepted into the army. And it's like they went all out and they put them in a like combat role. And she was a prolific sniper. You know, they do say that women um, genetically are better shots than men. You know that? It's true. You don't believe anything. I guess they don't have a big dick to swing around and prove nothing. <clears throat> Here's your boy. Why don't you spit this one out? Simho, I'm going to attack his name up. Hey, ha. Yeah, that's what I heard it, but then I was watching an actual Finnish guy, and it, I could not replicate it, but it sounded like he, he said, Hey, ha. So Simho, ha, ha. He's a Finnish sniper. He holds the record for most confirmed kills of any person. He reportedly killed between, but now he has, yeah, 505 confirmed kills and 542 uh, 
men with, I guess, a machine gun over the course of just 100 days. 100 days? Yeah. What does that come out to a day? Like 30-something? A lot. <laughs> Not taking well, for it. two, carry the one, a lot. <clears throat> so, so, more than five a day. Yeah. The only roughly half of these were sniper kills. The rest were by submachine. During 39 to 40... During the 1939 to 1940 winter war between Finland and the Soviet Union, that's more than five a day. <laughs> now, he did this without a scope. Right. Right. Like he only. refused the scope, actually. Yes. This He's is- like, yeah, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. You ain't no shit, bitch. This is the guy you were telling me about that would mound himself under snow. And yeah, before he'd take a shot, he'd, he'd-, he'd grab a, a handful of snow and eat it so his, he couldn't see his breath. Yeah. That's that's like some next, that's dedication, next level thinking right there. <laughs> All this yellow snow, I fucked up. That's what. No. Hey, how used several techniques <laughs> to remain hidden, such as keeping snow in his mouth to hide his cold breath. He's like, we get the snow in the ma- mouth, <laughs> but why do you put it in your ass? Never <laughs> <laughs> mind, I might fart. <laughs> it's a steamer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's just the cost of a decent sniper rifle. Uh, yeah, eighteen to fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I get killed. I like to hear you pronounce there's, this name. There's your, but well, it's your turn to read. So you're gonna read it. It's Francis. Uh, the sniper with the most kills in the First World War was Francis. Higahamagabao. He's a First yeah, First Nations. Canadian First Nation. Canadians First Nations Reserve in Ontario. You know, I got a lot of respect for First Nations people and Native Americans who served their country because they got ultimately the fucking shaft and they still showed the dedication to fight for the people that fucked them over. So. That's incredible. Uh, I can't pronounce his Shawanaga. Oh, sorry, dude. Shawanaga. Um, he had 378 confirmed kills and more unconfirmed kills. I could put it in translate and see what it says. (laughs) Just stop butchering me. Stop speaking. I just can't imagine. Like, that's insane. I don't want to plug nothing. It's not playing through. Oh well. Give a phonetic. No, a phonetic. So, incidentally. Uh, this is greater than the kill records for the U.S., U.K., and Australia in the war combined. Yeah, you don't really hear about a lot of World War Two, uh, World War One, uh, World War One or two U.S. snipers. Um, Pegahamagabau Peg, Peg, would later serve as the chief of the. Oh, you kill him! Wasosk Singh. We're talking. Wasaking First Nation. 
there's a statue of him today in Perry Sound, Ontario. Next up. So when you talk about snipers and America and everybody knows the name Chris Kyle. Yeah, if you don't know the name Chris Kyle, just turn this podcast the fuck off. U.S. Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 3, 160 official confirmed kills. But Now, he had many more unconfirmed as well. So what are they uncon? Well, how does it get unconfirmed? If that's just by yourself, if you're by yourself, if they don't confirm that the, the person's dead, or like, say you you shoot somebody window to window, you get to the other side, and there's blood, there's drag marks, there's no body. It's not a confirmed kill. Let's see. I thought you had to have another person with. That may be part of it too. I don't know. But it, it that that may be one of the, the the ways they confirm the kill. But <clears throat> I think uh, I think everybody knows the Chris Kyle story. I don't think it's touch. No, I it's speaks for itself. Yeah, that an American. Oh, this I thought was interesting too, and I have a picture of this as well. Uh, in World War One, when they were in the trenches, because there were so many snipers. They would the the soldiers would make uh, paper mache heads. Oh yeah, and they'd stick them up out of the the, the trenches to draw fire away to give the sniper make the sniper give his position up. Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty smart. Arts and crafts would have uh, been welcomed for a break from that, the sheer misery of being in the trenches. You ever um, did you ever hear that term? Uh, Don't blow smoke up my ass. Yes. You know where that where I heard it came from. Is during World War Two the German training videos they showed when they were in a, in a foxhole, they would get their rubber rain suit and they would fashion a paper mache head, the helmet on it, and they would sit down and they would bounce this thing up and they would smoke a cigarette and then blow it up the backside of the suit so it looked like the soldier was smoking. It was like the and then the training video you can watch it to this day. It's like really elaborate. It had like a pull string on it so they, like his hand would go like this. With it. <laughs> Right, you know, and they would sit there and blow smoke up the ass. So the guy theorized that I wonder if that's where "Don't blow smoke up my ass" came. From. Don't lie to me. Don't, yeah. don't 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 try to pull one over on me. Right, and that makes sense. Like I heard it was "Don't blow smoke up my ass" and tell me it's raining. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Right. Here's your Carlos Hathcock. Carlos Hathcock. Yes, very. Prominent. They gave him ninety three confirmed kills, but there, there was a bounty on his head. Of, excuse me, hang on. Yeah, there was a bounty on his head of thirty thousand dollars. That's fucking crazy. So I think he killed more than ninety three people, but he has well over three hundred unconfirmed. Yeah, they they knew his white feather because he kept the white feather in his hat. Now he reportedly shot. They they sent their top sniper out, out to get him. I forget what, and I think it's it was right here at the end. I think it was a female sniper. Don't know. Pretty sure it was a female sniper, and they went back and forth. I think she took a pop shot or two at him, almost got him. Yes, and then he allegedly shot her through the her scope. Yep, and straight through the eye. And yep. then MythBusters disproved that, which I think is bullshit, because they also disproved that you can't get hit by bullets in water. And I've heard like confirmed like. SAS soldiers and Navy SEALs saying, yes, you can. I've seen it. 
Well, the one day I was going through L.A. and <laughs> I had Jimi Hendrix's guitar, Ted Nugent's bow, and Rambo's first bullet was lodged <laughs> in my thigh. He shot me right in the water. Uh, I dug it out with Charlie Kaplan's cane and Stevie Wonder's eyeglasses. <laughs> um, there was more stuff up top here. Let's give, uh, how about Nicholas Irving, the Reaper? He was uh, another army sniper in Iraq, Afghanistan, 2009. He's got 33 confirmed kills. That's still a shitload. Well, there was two female snipers that I really wanted to mention from Russia. Yeah. And their their, their kill ratio was... Like, they were fucking high. They were like yeah. 300 or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. What? I didn't even touch on all the Russian shit because there's so many of them. I can't pronounce half their fucking names. Um, you, you think of a, a sniper taking headshots, but most of the time they yeah. actually aim for the body because yeah. it's bigger, bigger, bigger area, bigger target, more tissue damage, more vital organs to destroy. It, it took uh, it can get more blood loss there. Yeah, now here's the one that I found. It was Herbert. I never wrote down his last name. This is Herbert W. No, Herbert W. McBride. I'm sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. 1914 to 18. He was a U.S. citizen. He served. Uh, he served in Canada or served with the Canadian Armed Forces, and he's attributed with 100 plus kills. And I think I said that he overdosed on morphine. And I was like, did they use morphine in World War One? Yes. Remember, remember we had this discussion. You asked me that, and uh, morphine was. I remember the, you punched me in the arm like eight times. I don't. Because you were reenacting how you crushed the morphine and then stick it in your arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like punching the arm. I don't remember that at all. At all. Uh, yeah, I just found that interesting. So they said some say that this was the start of the opium epidemic in the war. Or in the U.S. was as, because of World War One, as Uncle Roger would say. Why are you so weak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. You think of that's what started. I mean, it makes sense. How many how many fucking people come back from war all banged up and just get addicted to drugs or alcohol? Yeah, the stress, the yeah, no choke, yeah. So, yeah, let's see. Um, I got one in here, uh, Chuck Mulhenny, Marine Corps. He says the most confirmed uh, kills by the Marines, by, by a, a Marine. Well, he's got 103, which I get. Is that confirmed? Because if that is, then it's more than Carlos Hathcock because it says he's only got 93 confirmed kills. Yeah, only. He's only got... He's only killed 93 people. What a pussy. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to mention. That story uh, about Carlos Hathcock. And I always found this funny, what he said. But he spent like... Oh, God. It was like a week crawling into this freaking oh, yeah, 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 compound. Yeah. And he's literally like footsteps away from guys. Guys almost stepped on him while he was laying yeah. in the field. And I can't imagine his heart rate. He's got to have balls of steel, man. So <clears throat> he goes to take the shot, and he he tells the story. And he's like, "Yeah, they're like, how did you know which one to shoot?" And he's like, "Well, he's like the guy waving the clipboard around and pointing." 
that's usually the guy who's, who's in charge because he's telling other guys what to do. So he's like, I found him. He's out there pointing like this, yelling at people. Boom! Shot him right in the chest and took him down. And, and he said that the whole compound went crazy. They got all the dogs, and, and he just was still there. And he, I guess, ran. I, I think he said he, he got up and he ran towards the, the – he just got out of there quick as shit. But they never he they never found him, and he I think he was a top Vietnamese commander or something like that, and yeah, he was a general I think maybe I think it was a general. If if I'm thinking this, there's a, guy, I, there was a couple general got shot. But that's plenty of shit. It's like so if you're ever in if you ever find yourself in an apocalyptic situation, don't hold a clipboard, yeah, and don't start pointing at everything because everybody knows you're in charge. Put your hands in your pocket, look down. <laughs> yep, you're just a peon. But there's so much that goes into sharpshooting and sniping. When I was talking to uh, our boss at work about the, uh, the M110, yeah, and I was telling him the story about the 56 feet off, off target, he's like, you know, my rifle, you can't even click it that far. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, it would bottom out. Yeah. And like, uh, that's crazy. Mm. I would love to see how they do that whole art with like their spotters. The guy that goes with them writes everything down. It, what I was reading, or what I heard in some of the videos I watched, was that the smarter the spotter is usually the more experienced shooter. Yeah. The huh. the, the guy pull, that has the gun, all he's doing is pulling the trigger. That the spotter's doing all the real work. But I don't know. I I don't know how they do it. I don't want to disparage any snipers out there saying that you're not you're not the best thing since sliced bread because yeah. I think you are. You would you only 130 confirmed kills. Yeah, you only got 160 confirmed kills. I'll get that in my sleep. So yeah, I mean we probably didn't give credit to half the snipers out there. So if we missed you, we're sorry. But like I said, man, I didn't know how big this topic was going to be until I started looking into it, and. Well, I found I I found a the Henson story. Yeah, that's just I, I found that, that interesting. I, I just for the time period for me because I I'm I really enjoyed the Civil I really enjoyed I really stories. enjoyed the Civil War. We had fun. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed you know um, stories about the Civil War and reading about it, and it just for me it just I don't know I just I like it and. I know I've never really read anything about snipers in the Civil War, so I thought that was kind of cool. I and mean, he wasn't even a soldier. Like I said, he was too old to fight for either side. But you know, they murdered his fucking two kids, and he went on a revenge killing. So, I mean, I think anybody would fucking do that. I would. I probably wouldn't have lasted as long as he did. So, if there's any obscure sniper stories out there that you want to share with us, send us an email at takeontheworld411 at gmail dot com. Um, if you're listening to this, slap the thumbs up, review us on iTunes, send us a rifle, send us, send us a sniper rifle. rifle. We'll, we'll accept it. Yeah. We'll test it out and see how accurate it is for you. Um, uh, coming up in the next, the next time we tape, uh, love bug might be with us again. All right. Lexi Lee should be back. He's traveling this weekend and couldn't be with us she's out the boot on a house boot she was just texting me because she's at a german restaurant out in pittsburgh so she took pictures of her pretzel her schnitzel and her beer and sent it to me 
jealous. I know. But she knows I love like authentic German food. I love the schnitzel. I love, I love authentic food. I love the schnitzel, the one schnitzel in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Extra cheesy. Oh. A shout out to the 2020 dumpster fire beer. Yes, my stomach is on fire, thanks you know, to you. You know what? It, it's As I got to the end, I think there's some of that pepper sitting down at the bottom. Yeah. You drink all yours? Yeah. I still got like one more sip left. No. This will go into the, the Wall of Fame for cans. The Wall of Fame. I don't know. Can you see that in the camera? You can only see the bottom of it. Once uh, We need a better rape can. <laughs> Once we uh, get the, the walls up in here, actually, I decided I'm going to put the wall all the way across. I'm going to have this side be the studio, and that side will be my... I'll have a little workbench for my guns and stuff. Sounds good to But me. then we can readjust this and put the camera... Well, plenty of room. Well, definitely. All right. We'll be able to get the... And we'll have that monitor hung on the wall someplace. Cool. Getting there. Getting there. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks for joining us this week. Um... Y'all motherfuckers next week. And uh, while you're out there taking on the world, don't snipe somebody. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who... Who are obviously mentally ill. Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick.